This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to be here. I'm on the mic number one, and Mark is on number two. I want to thank him for being here, and we are definitely excited about having you guys. I'll tell you one thing about this Halloween season is that we wanted to bring back some friends of the show uh, that we could sort of get a little more info from what they've been doing. How long has it been since we've had Rob and Kathy on? Do you, you had mentioned it to 2016, me. I think it was the last one, or 17. I can't remember exactly which one. That was back when Tennessee actually was winning some games, but we're back. We're, we're going to win look. some games again. Um, guys, thank you all. Can you hear me? Can you, are you all are, are here with us? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And you guys have an organization, um, that you guys go out and you would li- literally do take, uh, you know, calls, uh, that people may have paranormal activity. Um, you guys work in multiple locations and, um, this is not a game for you guys. This is, this is real life. This in, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as well, but, um, you guys investigate paranormal activity. Um, and if you don't mind, um, Rob or Kathy, Rob, you can take this one if you'd like, could you just describe at, at, on the onset here, what it is that your company does? Tell me a little bit about you, your company and what you guys do. Cause it, it's been a few years since we've had you and we're, we have a bunch of new people in our audience. So I'd love for you to give us that overview. Sure. We, um, we have a, uh, paranormal team called paranormal technology investigations, and we actually, uh, go into people's homes or locations wherever and investigate hauntings or unclean activity phenomenon and things like that. People will call in and say they have unexplained things going on in their home. And a lot of it is usually, uh, We've, we've noticed throughout all the years we've been doing this that a lot of the activity that people have is basically the same. I mean, it's always the same claims. But there's always something different with each investigation that sets it apart with the others. There's always at least one or two things of the activity that's different that sets them apart. So we will uh, interview the families over the phone and see what they have uh, to say. And then we'll go in and uh, do a walkthrough with the family and sit down with them and talk to them and find out their uh, areas of hot spots. In other words, where they experience the most activity or any activity. And then we'll go back and set up an investigation. And then when we do that, we go in during the night and we set all of our equipment and we set uh, cameras up, like static cameras and things of such there in, in locations to where the families have the claims of activity. So if they have claims of activity in the living room, dining room, and master bedroom, that's where we're going to focus our attention to. We're not going to set up in the kitchen or anywhere else that doesn't have the claims. And then we'll go through and uh, conduct different series types of investigations that we do with the EBP sessions, uh, which is digital voice recordings, and then... Um, K2 meter sessions, spirit box sessions, and things, and then we determine, um, you know, after, after well, after we do the investigation, we go back and analyze all the evidence, and we determine basically what they have going on in their home, mm-hmm. what type of claims it is, and then what actually needs to be done about it. And sometimes it, well, most of the time, it just needs a, a good blessing, a good cleansing that we conduct for them. 
for them. And sometimes it's just about, you know, removing something out of their home, maybe an antique item or changing aspects of their life, things like that. Mm. Now, let me ask you this question because I remember back in, I think, 2015 uh, or whenever it was that you were featured on that national television show. Was it Destination America? Is that what it was? Um, and one of the things, and of course I watched it and I loved it and we talked about it and we've, we've had you on the show after it. Um, so it was post 2015 and you really, you know, had a pretty big, you know, splash with that. And I'm sure that your activity, not paranormal activity, (laughs) but your activity, um, probably picked up some, um, since that time, since 2015, 2016, would you say that the activity, both paranormal and just you and Kathy and doing your daily business has increased, decreased, stayed the same? Um, and that would be great to, to have you or Kathy answer that. Well, I, I can say, I'm sure Kathy will have a comment on it also. I say that it has increased a lot. Uh, we've, we've had different shows air since then mm-hmm. on, uh, I think, a travel channel maybe. I'm, I'm leaving this what it's airing on now, Discovery and Destination America as well. And and it seems like every time one of the shows air or reruns, people will start calling in a lot more. Yeah. I, mean, it, 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 I don't know if they, 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 if they can't find somebody else to help them or if they just trust us to do it or what it is, but I think yeah. it has increased. Kathy, Kathy, what do you see? What do you see? Yeah, it's definitely uh, increased a lot uh, with uh, p- people's uh, activity. Mm-hmm. They uh, seem more prone to contact us now, uh, thinking that, you know, it's not just my house settling. It could be something going on. We want to find out. So we get a lot more calls after a show airs. And uh, plus, we uh, ourselves, we get, um, we do a lot of uh, speaking engagement around in the area uh, we've uh, been to the uh, library and done a uh, talk there last uh-huh. week and had a lot of uh, the people there it was kind of a, a mix most of them was older people mm-hmm. there it was uh, telling us about their activities that they had in the past and it, it was a very very good uh, a group there that was uh uh, no. Listen to us and telling us what was going on with them. So, do you guys and think they, they have oh, learned a lot also during mm-hmm. that day? We taught them a lot. And I think people have learned to trust us that we're not a fly by night team, that we're, we're here. You know, we've been around for about 15, 20 years or so. And I think people's learned to trust us so they'll contact us. I think that that's kind of where I was going because because you guys have had the exposure nationally and of course the housing hour as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have that exposure and then people have a need and they're going to look for the people who are the subject matter experts. I mean, kind of like mortgages in some ways, you know? And so you guys have had the exposure, you've had the expertise and Mark has a question. Well, I was going to say, Rob, you guys have been doing this for plus 30 years. Is that correct? 20, 20 something, I think. 20 something years. And and one of the things that I've noticed, and Kevin, I I don't know that if you see these shows, but several years ago, it it started hitting these paranormal type of shows like Ghost Hunters and things like that, started hitting the airwaves. And there was one or two shows, 
but it has exploded. I mean, you look at Destination America, Travel Channel, and even A&E, these show, there's a lot of these paranormal type shows. They have all different names. They all do all these different things, but there's a lot more people out there looking at this stuff professionally. Do you think that's a good thing, Rob, or do you think that's just kind of creating uh, some problems? Personally, and I have always said I don't recommend anybody getting into this field. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, if you do it the wrong way and, and go about things the wrong way. I mean, there's different things that can get you hurt. I don't recommend anybody getting into this field. But if it's somebody that's looking into doing it professionally, not just as kicks and giggles from it, and they're actually trying to learn and do things the safe way and the right way, and to help help people with this field, then it's it's a good idea if they do it the right way. But I don't recommend anybody just getting into it for the fun of it. I- I love, yeah, sorry. I actually look at it in some ways. I hate to keep using mortgages, but remember when, you know, you had everybody and their brother wanted to become a loan officer because it was popular. It was hot. People were talking about it. Rates were low in 2000 and whatever. And then, you know, those players that came in didn't have the same professional attitude that we had. And it's that 80-20 rule, you know, mm-hmm. um, Rob and Kathy are probably in the 80%. And then you have this 20% that kind of give the industry a bad name. Um, would you kind of say that's similar? I do. Yeah. I, I, I see it exactly like that. Yeah. Kathy, what do you think? Because you, you, when you guys give these talks, I mean, these folks didn't come to the library to, to ha- hear ghost stories. They, they, in a sense, maybe they did. But, and I say that in a, in a, in a way that, you would maybe tell a kid a ghost story at the beach around a campfire or something um, Then maybe they had that intent possibly partly, but they also, as you said, I mean, they were, they had their own stories and their own activity and, and you guys are validating some of the scientific and the paranormal part about it. Cause it is a scientific sort of analogy in a way, not analogy. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Right. A lot of the questions that we got asked was, uh, well, how do you conduct your investigations? What do you do? What steps do you take? And it was more questions like, um, you know, what's, what can I expect if you come to my home? Mm, so yeah. we had a, a lot of people sign a book, and so we'll probably get contacted by several of them later, later on down the road. But uh, a lot of them was questions about, you know, how we conduct our investigations. Yeah. Well, let's talk a minute about that, actually, because um, I listened to the show this morning from 2013 that you guys came on. It was I don't know if it was the first show. It may have been um, maybe That's the about second, right. maybe first or second. But you had spoke you spoke a lot about um, how you guys conduct the investigations and that you lead really with trying to debunk whatever that maybe is happening um, Rob, do you mind stepping me through and, and you, you did a moment ago sort of tell us what you did, but, um, there's electrical currents that are going through, you know, there's other things that could be happening. The, the hairs that are raising on the back of your neck could just be that you have a short in your electrical current. I don't know. T- talk me through, uh, what you're not well, first leading with looking for paranormal activity, right? Right. Well, the first thing you want to do is try to debunk everything that happens because not everything's paranormal. Mm-hmm. And I have learned that actual paranormal activity is uh, hard to capture for one, and it's, and it's actually kind of rare mm-hmm. for two. And you want to try to debunk everything that you can debunk. And, and nine times out of ten, if I can recreate something to the T, then chances are then that's nothing paranormal. 
But as far as the um, the equipment that we use, uh, K2 meter and uh, uh, EMF detectors mm-hmm. picks up electromagnetic energy. And it's, and it's believed, too, that if the spirit's present, then it'll produce electromagnetic energy. And what we do when we go do an investigation, before we start the investigation, we do a walkthrough. I mean, I'm sorry, a sweep. Mm-hmm. And we'll take the K2 meters, EMF detectors, and thermometers, and we'll go through and we'll see where all of the um, little gadgets like appliances, ceiling fans, uh, fluorescent lights, microwaves, and things are putting out EMF, electromagnetic energy. And they will produce quite a bit. And that way we know exactly where it's at. And if we're getting the K2 hits in that area, well, chances are that's the appliance or the fan or something. But if you're standing in an open room, or even somewhere's outdoors and there's no electrical around, and your K2 meter just suddenly spikes, then chances are, you know, there's something around you. And a lot of times you can feel that energy around you when, when it happens because it's like a, um, I've always described it as a very energetic head rush. You know how mm. head rushes can just kind of lay you back and sit you down? Yeah. These are like a head rush, but... Everything gets kind of fuzzy feeling, but it's very energetic, and you can just feel the energy around you. So, yeah, we, and, and the temperature spikes. Uh, if the temperature's, let's say, 72 in the room, then all of a sudden it drops down to 68 for no reason. No air's on, nothing's running, no heat, anything. And that just means my wife no has reason. changed the thermometer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, right. So, there's, you know, there's, there's, got to be an explanation for that and if there's not then chances are then that's you know something that we'll look at later as evidence and then when we capture evidence we don't we don't grab it and post it and say oh we know for a fact this is paranormal we will actually throw it out there for people to give their opinion on also what do you think it is Mm -hmm. you know even with the families here's what we captured you know here's what we believe and it's, just, it's up to you what you think, and then if you want us to do something to get rid of it, then we're going to help. Wow. Now, you guys were on the Travel Channel, I think, back in July, and you mentioned in, in, in the haunting that I think they covered was, uh, let me go back, it was the, uh, the Haunted ca- Cabinet. Is that the right one? Yes. And that yes. was the episode. It was titled The Haunted Cabinet. And is that the picture that you showed me, Mark, or is I, that a different one? Is that the King, Kingsport Haunting, Kathy? No, that's a different one. Oh, see, there's all kinds. Well, let's start, since this go in timeline order, let's start with the haunted cabinet that that was featured on the Travel Channel. Do you mind if we jump into that a little bit? It'll work. Okay, so tell me me first, um, I'd love to know how the Travel Channel found you, number one. I guess it was your connections with Destination America or whatever the case was, or they found you in the phone book. Um, but how, how did that call go when they first reached out to you? And then um, let's break it up. Maybe Kathy, tell us a little bit, um, set up the what the, the actual haunting was, and then we can just kind of go back and forth a little bit. But who, who did they call you, Rob, or Kathy? Uh, they sent us the email. It was oh, actually okay. the uh, production companies um, have been contacting us. There's two right. major ones that we work with Mm -hmm. and they uh, actually contact us to see if we're interested in doing you know this or that or we have any things that we'd like to air or anything like that so that's usually about how that takes place they usually contact us and a lot of times we get something interesting we'll just contact them and say hey here's what we got let's do something with it Mm -hmm. 
So they'll, they, they'll take it, go with it. So that was like, for instance, if there's a haunting that's made news, you know, whether that be in Johnson City or Jonesboro or somewhere where you sort of work, um, it could make its way to a producer. Um, but in, you're saying in some cases, most cases, they're asking you, hey, because they already know there's going to be activity. And anything, just like the, you know, whenever I watched the the Destination America, the thing I really liked about how they did that was, yes, it was a dramatization, I guess is the right word. So it wasn't, you know, I mean, they weren't there to do the actual investigation with you. But I really like that because it shows people in a, in a video format, you know, this is how it went down. And right. You know, so tell me how um, this haunted cabinet, tell me a little bit about that. Kathy, can you set us up and then we can just, you know, Rob can jump in. Right. Um, the haunted cabinet, it um, actually, we were contacted by uh, one, of the, one of his uh, friends was uh, on our team. And it was her mother's boyfriend who had this thing going on in his apartment. It was gave to him by his daughter, and she didn't have it maybe one day. It gave to her. She uh, asked him if he wanted it. They lived next door to each other. And when can they you hold on, over- Kathy, can you hold on one second? Because sure. I don't know what, I don't know if you all have any suggestions of what deja vu means, but I'm having that moment right now and I don't know exactly how to explain it. Um, but literally when you were just talking and telling me that for some reason, I truly felt like I had experienced this moment before just a random thing. And, but go ahead, continue on. Have okay. you all ever had that happen? Yes, a lot. Okay. Go ahead, Kathy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, he, he took the cabinet, put it in his bedroom, and he filled it full of, of clothes and some whatnots on top of it. He said he, he didn't really have a dresser uh, big enough for all his stuff, so he filled it full of his socks and things like that. I think it was uh, the next day he went to work, came in, and he noticed his uh, one of the doors on it was open, and some of his stuff was out on the floor. Mm. Well, he didn't think much about it and put his stuff back in it, and um, it happened again. It kept happening, so he started putting a camcorder on it, and it showed this thing on video. I think he ran it for three days, and each day it showed this thing opening up, pushing his stuff out. It captured two little shadows running by it, and his bed was beside it, so the camcorder was actually on the, the dresser or the cabinet, and part of his bed so it showed this thing getting in his bed getting up underneath his covers and lifting up like it was standing up and it, like two kids playing you know wow and then it showed the uh, window was behind his bed and it showed the curtain being pulled back like they were looking out which happens to be right there at the uh, parking lot so it's like when you see this cut this curtain pulled back, these little things jump out of the bed, run back, I guess, into the cabinet, and then you see the homeowner coming back in. So it's like they might have saw him pulling in from the parking lot and go back to where they came from in the cabinet. So this shows him uh, coming in, seeing everything in the floor, his bed a mess, and he grabs the camcorder, goes out. 
Holy cow. So, so yeah. first thing, because Mark was mouthing to me, because I mean, seriously, <laughs> is that video um, accessible to the public or is that something that, I mean, he kept private or what? No, that's on our website. Yeah, that's oh, okay. on our website. Um, I'll have and to it check is that out. On a part, parts of it is on a haunting when they aired it. So who contacted you guys about the haunted cabinet? The the boyfriend? It, it, they weren't they weren't married. Is that, is that what you said? They live close or next to each other? Is that what you said? Right. Okay. It's actually the, his girlfriend that contacted us. He didn't. He thought he was doing his own investigation. Is that kind of what it was? And he didn't need. Or, I think he was just trying to capture see what was going on with. Yeah. Him. Okay. So he reached he out to you guys. Happening. I don't think he was actually investigating. I think he was just trying to. What was he was like, "Am I going crazy here? What's happening? Why is the right. oh my heavens?" We're trying to prove he's not insane, maybe. Right, exactly. Well, okay. So he reaches out to you guys. You come out. You do a sweep, or uh, maybe I'm using the wrong terminology. Um, you set up. He must go stay at his girlfriend's that night, or whatever, or whatever he does. And then you guys investigate. So tell me to walk me through how that worked, Rob. What did you guys do to find out what was going on? Oh, actually, it was uh, me and Kathy and Mike during this investigation, pretty much. And we were uh, just focused mainly in that one spot on that one thing, the cabinet, and that, that one room. But we had there, if I'm not mistaken, there was a knife that we decided to move and place it in the living room on the coffee table, just in case it, you know, kind of flew off the shelf. We didn't want it aiming at us. And then I think it was some something native or something I can't remember, but um, Kathy probably can remember better. But I know we uh, went to go put the knife back on the cabinet during the investigation to see if it increased or decreased any activity. And then when we went to get it off of the coffee table, we couldn't find it. And then I mean we looked all over the place, on it, under it, just near it, around it, couldn't find it. And then later, after the investigation, we found it laying right on the coffee table where it was to begin with. It was oh. like whatever was in there didn't want us to mess with it or play mind games with us mainly. But um, Now, if I see a knife you know, moving across this, the air, moving through the air, I mean, I know that's not what you said you saw. It just it, it, it moved from one spot to another because there was only three investigators involved and nobody moved it. And it no doubt moved. So that's just a fact. I mean, that's a fact. That's yes. crazy. So everybody was in. The, it was just me and Kathy and uh, Mike. It was there the entire time. The family wasn't there. It was just us three. We mm-hmm. laid the knife down, walked to the room to start investigating, and later nobody had even left that room. And we decided to go get the knife. And that's the first time we had left the room since we started the investigation. And then we were all three trying to find it. And it was no worse to be found until after the investigation. Yeah. Well, we've I, had things like that happen before. Yeah. I was just going to point out to people listening, maybe you're skeptical and you know that people are skeptical, but because I know Rob and Kathy and I know that, I mean, you guys would have no reason to make something like that. You know, somebody who's just maybe hearing you for the first time, they just don't know you. But like Mark has gotten to know you better than me, but I know you guys from interviewing, viewing you and talking with you, you guys have no reason to make something like that up. So that's legit. And that's, that's pretty scary. And so, so that kind of gave you, was that at the beginning of the investigation? That was. Okay. So I think yeah. it was not towards the beginning and the, the beginning and the it, end. It was at the beginning. Uh, it was more like a, an antique, uh, maybe a Chinese, one of those Chinese, 
uh, blades. It was on a little stand. And yeah, I know James would say that it would, uh, sometimes it would be moved when he would come back. So we didn't want that thing. As soon you know, as I heard that, I'd us. be out of there. <laughs> we investigated it. So we put it in the living room on the end table. Yeah. And wow. we, we wasn't getting much in the cabinets. We thought, well, let's move this knife back in there and see what we get. We went to get it and it was, was not there, wasn't there at all. So we never did find it. But when, when James and Sandy came in, we told him the knife, we couldn't find it. We moved it, and now it's gone. And he goes in there, and he says, well, it's right here. It's, it's, it just reappeared right there when he came back in. It was right back on the end table. Whoa. Wow. We, we believe that when spirits touch something, that makes it, because you can't see them. So when they touch something, we believe that it will disappear with them. And then when it's released again, it reappears. Yeah, how things can move without being seen. I got you. So, so that was one thing that you guys discovered. The cabinet, maybe that was just where they hid for privacy purposes, like y'all mentioned earlier. Um, So, what else did you find out in that investigation? I mean, not that—that's not enough. (laughs) We feel like whatever was there was kind of banished into the cabinet, kind of like a divot box type thing where. Like the uh, movie, the witch, the wardrobe, and the whatever lion witch yeah. in a wardrobe. Like that yeah, was the place. Similar. Okay, okay. And and we actually uh, had convinced the man that you know he, he didn't. We'd have to convince him. He already knew something was going on with the cabinet, and he wanted to get rid of it. He decided he wanted to get rid of the cabinet. So we do a blessing on his home, and then remove the cabinet from his home. Mm-hmm. We took it out of his house. What did you do with it? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Where did it go? I still have it in my building. Rob has it. I keep it. I keep really? It so you I have a storage? Item. Yeah, I keep items that has attachments to it with me. That way I can keep them protected <laughs> and safe. And it's like the Ghostbusters. They have it. From yeah. others. Yeah, kind of, kind of basically. I don't want, like the cabinet, we have knives and some old gauze with attachments, mirrors and things that we just don't want public getting their hands back on again and it caused some problems for somebody else so i keep them with me and i keep them protected and safe and i do prayers over them all the time and the strange thing is is my i have activity in my home i have always had activity it doesn't bother me but i can tell when somebody's out in my building and they just kind of concerned about the cabinet they're looking at or talking about it the activity in my house will increase Mm. And I've had a time or two where somebody has actually opened a door on it and the activity in my home gets real intense for a few days. But then it'll seize down after I have to go back out and do another prayer on the cabinet and things or whatever. It, it calms back down. But it's, it's a little strange. But, yeah, yeah I, I keep it here just in other things just to keep them out of harm's way from other people. So, Rob, did that eliminate the uh, paranormal activity in his yeah. apartment? Definitely, yes. Hundred percent. Wow. So real quick, we have Rob Phillips and also Kathy Shepard from Paranormal Activity Investigators on the line with us. Did I say it wrong? 
What did I say wrong? Uh, paranormal technology investigations. Investigations. Close that. I was close to that. <laughs> I, and, and this is this is cool. This is a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting just for the first 20 minutes that we've been speaking, but we have them on the line. And um, for those that have never heard of you guys, or maybe they're new to what it is that you guys do, um, can you, and, 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 you know, none of us know exactly what um, this particular example where you may have had, I think uh, Kathy speculated it, or one of you all did that it could have been kids, you know, playing under the, you know, covers and then looking out the window and then going back into the closet and all that, or into the cabinet and all that um, from your own. Cause I know you're also a preacher, former preacher. Um, you know, the Bible you read, have read the Bible. You're a spiritual person. Um, I don't know if you're, I don't, I think you mentioned you weren't a religious person, but that you had a relationship with God and all that. Um, where do you think that this activity like these, these that you're talking about, where does that fit in sort of the Christian perspective? Well, it's it's kind of it's it's a real difficult, touchy subject when when it comes to the two, and a lot of Christians don't believe in it. That you know, there's there's different things in the Bible where they think or they say that or believe that you know it's not real. It's just all demons and things like that. But mm-hmm. there are dates in back in the Bible from Genesis that where people were experiencing ghosts, paranormal, paranormal activity. Uh, Cain and Abel, when uh, Cain had, a, 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 correct me if I'm wrong here, I a lot of times get the brothers confused. When Cain slayed Abel, Abel came back and honey came from the grave. Oh. And he, uh, Cain had even said, why do you, you know, speak to me from the grave? You know, basically, he was being haunted. Wow. They, yeah, that's they, they true. Back Genesis in, in the Bible, I don't understand it either because the Bible speaks to the demons all the time and paranormal activity all the time. So I don't understand why they, you know, a lot of Christians, well, I'm not going to say all Christians, but a lot of Christians, you know, don't don't believe that there's anything to it. Well, but, I, think, I think that I'll, I'll speculate a moment because... Um, I consider myself, I am a Christian, I'm a Christ follower. Um, I believe that, and this is where I think maybe there's some, um, maybe some disconnect is that I believe that, that the devil is real. Okay. So I believe, I believe that that is a fact and I believe that hell is real. Okay. Um, Because that's what the Bible says. And so, and I don't want to get religious on this show, but at the same time, if you believe what the Bible says is true, then if you are denying that there aren't spirits and there's not that type of activity, then that I think that there's some things you might want to think through within your relationship with, with the word of God, because um, the fact, the fact is that, you know, if you believe that these things aren't true and you have this feeling that, well, that's just fake or that's not real, or, or if you're trying to use the Bible to back up what you believe, well, you know, the, the facts are the facts. And, and so in, in my mind, I, I take these things very seriously. Um, and, and Mark and I have had very candid discussions privately about family members. And, you know, I believe in generational curses and I believe in, you know, these, these things that the Bible is very um, vocal about, but it may not be in the English that 
one might understand today, but you have to, that's why you have to have the Holy Spirit help you to interpret what, what the word of God is saying. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but I thought I'd throw that out there because you answered that question very exactly the same the last time. And, and it helped me understand it too, because, um, you know, let's face it. We have the ninth paranormal activity movie coming out. I think sometime either later this year or something, you know, there's the series. I mean, it's, there's movie after movie. There's a lot of interest in this type of thing. So um, it's incredible that we have such a, a, really a landscape right now where you guys have been given a platform and I think it's awesome. And I, you know, have you guys ever thought about, I mean, do you ever think that you might get your own show? Uh, working on it still. We have a um, film crew from the uh, ETSU. And, I'm sorry, same as from the uh, Johnson City Press. And we are getting ready to go out and film a uh, one-time set-and-done documentary. And um, we're going to hit it to the um, production companies and hopefully have it aired around Halloween next year as we go. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I want to dig in a couple more, a couple more investigations because there's one. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I was going to jump in here mm-hmm. first uh, before we get to that. The most recent investigation that you've had. How many times are you called out to a property? How many investigations do you go to that you might find activity and other ones that you don't find activity? I'm just kind of curious as what your success rate, if you, for lack of a better term, would be in finding paranormal What's activity. The conversion rate? What's the conversion? <laughs> you know. Tell me, tell me a little bit how that works. Oh, basically, uh, every investigation that we do, if we don't feel there's really activity in our home and it's something that um, we feel might be something different, we'll explain it to the family. You know, if, uh, for example, uh, this one woman, her son was uh, hearing voices. It was telling him to do things and just different things going on with it. And we actually had to recommend her having him tested to be if he was schizophrenic and I, we told her if he if the test comes back and he's not schizophrenic we'll come up and help you and do what we'll, we can do to help you but either way at least you will know well the test came back and he was positive and he was schizophrenic wow. so there's there's investigation usually when we do the investigation we make sure that you know they're they're not just trying to blow smoke you know just trying to get us up there or whatever we make sure that there's really a haunting and then when we go in uh, I don't think there's been a time that we haven't captured activity. I think every time we go to investigation, and, and it's clear the way we conduct our investigations, we do things a little bit different than what people see on uh, TV usually. You know, we don't go in and provoke and, and summon things out and have seances or whatever. We go in and we're very respectful to the homeowners and the spirits, and we let them know why we're here, what we're doing, what we're trying to do, you know, what we're seeking out and things like that and other ways that we do things helps us capture the activities. So I think, you know, that helps us a lot. But, you know, like I said, I don't think there's been a time that we haven't captured anything. Rob, that's the thing that it just absolutely amazes me. Because when I, wa- I see your, because you've all kept me abreast of your investigations most for the most part, and I get to see the photos and the videos, and I've helped you on some of those, posted them to Facebook, uh, on your all's uh, Facebook. Um, yeah. But I, I've watched other shows and, they, and found that they haven't had the same type of activity, yet they have full shows and there's nothing going on. And I mean, it's show after show after show, but you guys seem to have this uh, ability to get these things you know, documented. I think, I think part of it is the respect 
and I don't know these other people, but the respect that Rob shows and Kathy shows, um, you know, when they come in and I don't know if it's that, or if it's just that you guys have a better ability to sort of perceive and, and, you know, see what is being heard and, and, and interpret it. I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? I think, you know, that's a lot. That's it. You know, just the way we conduct ourselves during the investigations, how we approach it and how we handle it and the respect that we show. You know, we're not going to provoke anything. We're not disrespect anything. I mean, that's somebody's grandmother, uncle, or somebody that's died that's still dwelling in that home, and we don't want to disrespect that. And if it's a demon, we definitely don't want to disrespect that. Right, and, so and we want to we want to go in and just you know be respectful as we can, and it'll be, it's like when when we're doing an EVP session, which is electronic voice phenomenon, it's a district voice recording. When we start those off, I always myself personally start those off because I get to a point with that to where I can actually feel the presence of the spirits and whether they're going to trust me or not. Mm-hmm. And there's times that. You know, I just don't, I can't get to that point with them. And we still get activity, but it's not the same. But when I, when I feel that point that, of that trust build up, that they know that I'm not going to, you know, do something to them and I, and I trust them enough to know that they're not going to flat out level me, then, you know, usually the, the activity increases and we'll, they'll actually do things on, not on cue, but kind of like intermittent. It's like maybe we'll ask it to make two banging noises on the wall, and then an hour later you'll hear the two banging noises. It's not it's not immediate that it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. As far as um, what you guys, because I, I, I was looking on your website, and that one particular one, because I, I know that you spoke last time about the different types of hauntings that may occur, um, and they're because they're not all the same, right? You have... You have, can you tell me those different types of hauntings? Okay, you have a residual, which is most confusing type haunting because a residual haunting is more or less a spirit that's not really there, so to speak. It's just its energy kind of burning the time, and it reruns like, a, like a, maybe an Andy Griffith show, like a rerun. <laughs> it does the same thing over and over and over, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, Maybe to the anniversary date of the death, it'll, it'll repeat what it's doing at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no knowledge of nothing. They don't know they're there. They don't know you're there. They can't hear you, see you, or anything else. And then you have an intelligent, which is basically just the opposite. They know they're there. They know you're there. They can see you. They can hear you. They can feel you and interact with you. And the activity from a residual is basically just seeing what they're doing. The activity from a uh, intelligent is they're more they're more psychological than physical. They'll play the mind games with you, like move the knife from the coffee table, as we were speaking about earlier during the haunted cabinet episode mm-hmm. investigation. Uh, they'll play more mind games with you. They, they can touch you and do different things, but it's more, like I said, psychological. But then you have a demonic, mm-hmm. which is pretty much self-explanatory. It's kind of biblical. Um, that's a new ball game. We're talking about uh, scratches and patterns of threes, knocks and patterns of threes. Uh, sometimes, um, uh, well, not sometimes, oftentimes, oppression, possession, 
and things as such. Um, and they do things in patterns of threes because that's their way to mock the Trinity, which is the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. But then you have a, a poltergeist, which a poltergeist is believed to be a spirit that was created by the person themselves. And usually and it can happen to guys also, but usually it happens to teenage girls going through changes of a life. Mm. And it usually works its way out in a few months, but sometimes we have to be dealt with similar to a demonic. Now, Kathy, you at one point were actually harmed in a way, scratched, I guess you would say, in a haunting, yes. correct? Yes. And the picture, I think, is on the website, if I'm not mistaken. Um, talk me through that. I'd love, because that's the that was the demonic of the three. So that was the demonic part of the, you know, that was the type of haunting. Um, talk me through that, and I have a couple of questions for you. Okay, uh, I think that was the one in Irwin. I was actually uh, hit in the stomach. Uh, we were on an oh, investigation. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, we had just got started, and we were set up in the living room. Rob had noticed the camcorder had cut off on it, so he lays his um, thermal imaging camera down. It had a, a loop around it his, over his arm. So he takes it off and goes over and messes with the camcorder, gets it back on. He comes back and picks up the thermal imaging, and the strap is laying off, off of it, laying right on top of it, straight out. So he picks it up and says, how did this happen? So he loops it back around, puts it back on his arm, and we start again. And it wasn't maybe maybe five seconds later, um, I felt something hit me in the stomach. So I looked down and jumped back. And I, I have a um, camcorder strapped around my arm. I, car I carry that all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I jumped back, it was down by my feet. And this thing just Velcroed on, and nobody even heard it come off. And that was a um, wow. very, very intense investigation. When uh, somebody, we, uh, when you get punched in, I mean, when you get that, when that happens, I'm trying to think through what I would do and just how how quickly I would be gone out of there. Um, do you, is your first instinct to run or what is, okay. So let me ask you that way. What is your first instinct? Um, cut the lights on. Yeah. Go back outside and let's say another prayer. Mm. Um, we, we do those before we go in uh, that one particular investigation. I just had this, you know, wasn't, uh, didn't feel any threatened or anything when we went through the to the walkthrough. So during the during the prayer before we go back in to investigate, I wasn't paying attention to it. I was looking around at the windows. Right, I mm. right, I felt like it was just a, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It was just another little investigation. But what happened was, um, it wasn't. So was it a I, Ouija, I Mark, Mark mentioned that this was maybe precipitated by a Ouija board incident. I is think. that, is that the investigation? Uh, no, this was, guy uh, was a uh, high priest in Golden Dawn. Yeah. Which is a Satanism. Alistair Crowley himself was, if I'm not mistaken, the founder of Golden Dawn or a high priest in it. Mm-hmm. You still uh, there? You're up. Yes, yes. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kathy. I, I was just thinking, so you turn the lights on, you, you, yeah. that was, I mean, my first instinct, I, knew, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I, I knew I had let my guard down 
I mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention to the prayer. So when that happened to me, which rarely I ever get anything attacked on me during mm-hmm. these investigations, um, so I, I knew what it was my fault, what to do. Um, you know, yeah, I wanted to get outside the house really fast, which we, we did, but I knew it was to do another, you know, prayer protection. So after that, we all went back in and continued the investigation. Everything was okay. We got a lot of activity there, but no one was was attacked. Yeah. So the work. Let, let me let me ahead. say yeah. something real quick on that note. I had went back a week later by myself and sat and watched this guy sit in the middle of the floor. He lit a bunch of candles. I didn't know what he was doing to begin with. I'm just kind of watching to see what he's doing. Next thing I know, he's chanting something, and then all the pictures on the wall starts vibrating. Whoa. All the pictures, whatnots on the shelf start vibrating. So yeah. I left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so That's I'm what Rob does. I'm there to, uh, <laughs> uh, to conjure things up and summon things. You know what I mean? I'm there to get rid of what's there. So Yeah. And I remember you telling us a story about... Um, and I can't remember the specifics of what it was, but it was, it was something to do, uh, with a girlfriend and a boyfriend and witched. Yeah. 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 That was the show on a haunting. You remember that one, Rob? Yeah. Well, 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 it was, it was, yes. Yeah. And they cast a spell. Yes. Yeah. So the door opened and shut. That's correct. And as a matter of fact, on the House and Hour Facebook page, we, I, we, we just yeah. just posted that yesterday. That, I remember seeing that, and you know what? I didn't connect the two. I just happened to think of that just now because that was it was a warlock or something of that nature, or what? What was the the witch? It was just a witch. There was no warlock involved. Yeah, it was a, the girl's friend. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because um, you were just mentioning about the picture shaking, and and he was doing some sort of chant. Um, and you talk about Ouija boards and those, those these things, and it's all about like conjuring up these spirits, and uh, you know, and I don't know what the equivalent of it would be, but you know, it's almost like in a Goodyear blimp that runs over the stadium. These spirits hear this, you know, and you're trying to conjure them up, and they're like, "Well, okay, I'll come attach you because I'm looking to be attached tonight." That, that, you well, know. you know, we were talking a minute ago about uh, the Christian's point of view, and and with you, I don't want to get into the uh, you know, the whole religious thing over here, but, you know, and we're, and we're talking about conjuring things, how people conjure things up and do things, you know, we're not about that. And I think that's where, you know, if a lot of Christians realize how we do things and what we do, they'd understand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Bible speaks of necromancy, which is a practice of magic involving communication with the dead. You know, it's either by assuming the spirits as apparitions or raising them bodily for the purposes of divination. You know, we're not, we're not, conjuring spirits up and we're not trying to summon them. we're not looking for answers to the future and things like that we're just trying to figure out what they are because and the reason we're trying to figure out what they are because if it's a um demonic and we go in thinking oh it's just a uh, intelligent haunting we're just going to do a little blessing and be done with it well and you go in and you try to bless the demonic well you can't bless the demon Mm. And you're going to get yourself hurt, leveled, and you're going to get the family there hurt. So we yeah. have to figure out what it is so we'll know whether we need to do a blessing or exorcism on the home or family member or whoever or whatever. 
So that's kind of what we're about. I needed yeah. to uh, clear that up and say that before I forgot before we. No, uh, that. thank you for up. saying that because I think that, you know, I think of workflow and that's what I do here a lot. And I try to improve process and, um, try to figure out what's the best way to do things. And so f- even for you guys, you know, you got to figure out, okay, which of the three is it? Number one. Okay. It's an intelligent. Okay. Here's our workflow for that. Oh, it's demonic. Here's our workflow for that. Oh, it's just the Andy Griffith show. Why? Here's the workflow for that. So you have to know which one you're dealing with. And then on top of that, like you had the guy who was schizophrenic, you have to be able to vet out what, you know, it may be presenting as an intelligent but in fact, it's actually just the individual that has the schizophrenia. So he's able, he's presenting it in a way that it could be one thing, but it's another or for the demonic or whatever. Right. So, I mean, that's, and that's why I think you guys are so popular in because you think through the entire, you play the tape all the way through, in other words. And Rob, right. uh, and, and to, Go to the next investigation, which was this past July. Kathy was telling me about. She sent me some photos, and and yeah. we'll post them as well. Yes, I'll talk. We'll, want to talk about that? Yeah, let's let's dive into that and find out yeah. exactly what happened there. We have there. about ten minutes left in, in in the hour, so I don't think we want to go too far over that. But yeah, in the next eleven minutes that we have, um, let's talk about that. And then I also was going to play a couple of sounds that mm-hmm. you guys have captured. Okay, what was the question that Mark had? Uh, the, the Kingsport haunting, the one in July that you yeah. all just did. Tell yeah, us about the cocoon wh- on him. The, yeah, so there's a picture of the bed where he crawled in bed, and it looks like this. He's attached. Something's attached on top of him. Right, and the, that was the room where the girl had actually got killed. In. The uh, people that used to live there were, were a happy married couple, had no problems, no arguments. They never fought. They probably had disagreements, I'm sure, but. Nothing that should have escalated to what it did. But <clears throat> she came home from work one day and was taking a bath or something, and then he tried to strangle her to death. Just out of the blue, he tried to strangle her to death with the shower curtain liner. He saw that that wasn't doing the job, so he took curling iron to finish the job with. And wow. he sat on the couch for, I think, four or six hours going eating about half raw chicken when he called the police. Jeez. Then when the police arrived, he fired four shots in the air. I don't know what the purpose was, but the family that moved in later, a couple of years down the road, and this was just recent that this happened, and the family that moved in later started having a lot of activity, things going on in their home, things they can explain, shadow figures being touched, just um, all kinds of crazy things that was going on. And... He, the, her husband, or fiance, if I'm not mistaken, started having the same feelings as the other man that he wanted to take himself out. And he had actually made a post on Facebook that has previously, or has since been deleted, that said, I don't know if I need to take myself out alone or take the others with me. Mm-hmm. So they, they, the father-in-law made them leave the home, and we went in and did the investigation. I know at one point I went outside to get a drink out of the car, and I just said a prayer while I was out there. And during that prayer, something physically attacked me. Mm. It is, I could, uh, I got real lightheaded and fuzzy, and um, just felt the presence of evil around you. And I started feeling myself as I was getting ready to fall down. And I just walked inside. I tried to get a hold of everybody on the two-way radios, but I couldn't get anything back because I guess mine was off. Mm. But um, when I went inside and told everybody what was going on, 
you know, they were actually getting activity in there also of different mm. things. Oh, and then wow. that man, had, uh, he was one of the uh, family members that was the father-in-law that we had come in during one of the investigations. I think we investigated it two or three times. But during one of the investigations, we had him come in. You know, if I'm, uh, I can't remember exactly what had happened at the time that that was around him. I think uh, Kathy probably knows exactly what was said or what was done, or somebody said they seen or felt something on that bed. Kathy, what happened? Yeah, um, the father-in-law. He was feeling uh, really sick, sitting on the couch in the living room. But he goes outside. That we have his uh, his son-in-law going there in the bedroom and and uh, lay down on the bed because most of the activity was in that room. Uh, they would be laying in bed and they feel the bed shake. I feel like something was. They crawled in bed and feel the mattress pushed down. So as he was getting in the bed, I was taking pictures, and he, because he said he felt like something was was on him. So during the pictures, there was two of them where he, it was like he was wrapped in bubble wrap. It looked like yeah. bubble wrap around him. Yeah, that's what the it kind of looked like. The only thing you was his face and his shoulders, maybe an arm, was all you could see. Yeah, because he was sort of moving at the same time the picture was taken. Right. Yeah. And so I, one of our team members got physically attacked during a prayer. Wow. Um, yeah, Rob done a prayer in that bedroom, and, and then uh, during that prayer, one. Rob, did you did did you hear Kathy leave us? Why I was oh. taking pictures oh. pictures for him. So they he done a prayer over Jeff after that, and uh, but he was getting felt like something was pushing down on his shoulder, uh, oh. a lot of pressure. Was that the one where he said, I am standing on your shoulder? Or is that a different no, one? No, that was a, that was a Hampton Haunting. That was oh. the one they done, uh, the episode Ashes to Evil on the Destination America on the Haunting. Okay, well, I have that clip I'll play in a moment. So anyway, so that person who died, I want to make sure I got this right. We think that the home was being, I guess, um, a demonic spirit was was attached to the home, or still is, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and th that wasn't a result of the killing that we feel like, or I guess, are you saying maybe that it attached himself or herself or itself to the husband, which caused him to do this crime? That yeah, I think it first it started, uh, I don't think he had, usually a, a possession will go from oppression into a possession, but I think it just kind of just took him, took him over mm. quick, you know, and then it happened because... He was in jail, and the detectives were saying that he had no recognition as why he was there. Recognition, he didn't know why he was there. Mm. You know, he didn't even remember doing anything. Wow. So whatever happened, you know, according to him, you know, it happened suddenly, and then it was a few hours later, it was over. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So so that guy moved out. I'm, I'm, is that what I'm assuming? <laughs> Well, yeah, the whole family moved out. The last family they moved out. So, where is what is happening in that place now? Uh, well, <laughs> the uh, put it on well, VRBO. Yeah, I can't say because um, nobody knows the address. But the uh, apparently nobody cares, and they're going to move somebody else in it. It's a rental home. Oh wow! Maybe Airbnb has it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Now, and I don't think, and Mark, there's no, there's no law or anything. Like we had uh, a realtor 
who came on. I mean, you don't. Well, I guess if somebody is physically murdered, yes, right, they have to disclose that. Well, is it, is it, if, it's a, if it's raining or is it would it? We're buying it. Does it have to be disclosed? Yeah. There is. There are things that are changing in the laws across the country. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I was wanting to do a show on that. Yeah. But there have been some lawsuits against agents who know that there was paranormal activity mm-hmm. from the seller and uh, and didn't yeah. tell anybody. And it continued on. And so and murders in the house. So that is coming back on some realtors in some jurisdictions. It's not across the country, but uh, that has well, has I mean, at the it very has least, happened. At the very least, I'd like to make maybe get rent from the paranormal, the uh, entity <laughs> to help pay my mortgage. If at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to stay there. And need to pay some bills. <laughs> it's smart enough to do that. It's smart enough to get a job. <laughs> Rob, Rob, that's yeah, funny. But is that, I mean, is that the same um, law with the rental unit though? I mean, do they have to disclose that it was haunted? Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think as much. As and, and not all uh, jurisdictions in the country yeah. are required to full disclosure about paranormal activity. Yeah. It's just or that there are some judgments coming down. I know that if somebody has been murdered, that, that has that's to different. Be yes, I think that's yeah. correct. Now, if somebody has right. just died of, of natural causes no. in the home, it does not. So, okay. I think there's a distinction. Murder. Right, a violent murder. They classify yeah. it. What if, they were, what if it was uh, like an accidental death? You know, the, these are, we're going to look into this. Yeah, I think we're so. We're going to do our own investigation yeah. here on this. Good question. Um, yeah, uh, these let are, me know when that show airs. <laughs> yeah, well, we may need your expert opinion. So so before we close, you know, we still have several minutes left, but I wanted to, um, and I don't know if this is even going to work, actually, but we're going to try. try to play it. Um, this is why you were conducting an EVP session in a room um, of the house with claims of being of people being watched, touched, and where that um, had they have entered the home and claimed to see a full body apparition in the area. And one of the investigator team members was alone conducting the session without anyone else in the room. And you will hear um, the entity say, uh, I'm standing on your shoulder. Do you recall this one? I'm out. Actually on my shoulders, actually. Okay. All right. I'm just reading from your website. <laughs> so I'm going to see if this works. I'm going to see if this plays. Um, what are we listening for, number one, if you recall? Uh, you'll hear my voice say, um, you, uh, I can feel your presence. I know you're around me, although I can't see you. And the odd thing was my back was hurting at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I asked the question, where are you standing at right now? And then later listening to the EVPs on the, on the, uh, when we were analyzing the evidence, we heard that whisper voice saying that it's standing on my shoulders. Mm, okay. Well, I'm going to play it. I'm again, this is a Bluetooth and new technology. Let's see if this works. Hold on one second. Where are you standing at? Can you show me? Did you hear that, Mark? I heard it. I heard something there. I heard it. I'm going to play it one more time. Where are you standing at? Can you show me? Yep. 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 I definitely heard it that time. And there was nobody even in the house at the time except for myself. Because the first time I I heard it. Actually, in the bathroom doing the EVP session by myself, everybody else was outside. Now, the first time I listened to it, I could hear that there was a voice, 
But the second time I listened to it, I was trying to make out what that voice was saying. And so I have what you say it said in my head. So I'm going to go back later because, I mean, it, I got to I am. I could hear something stating words. And you've listened to it enough that that's what it said. That, regardless, it's a voice. That's, I mean, that's, that's yeah, the The best key. thing to do is listen to it. Then big earmuffs, headphones on. Yeah. The silencers, like the Sony silencers. Yes. Sound uh, reducers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put some of those on, crank that volume up, clear it up a little bit, and you can hear it real clear. And PTITN.com, PTITN.com is the website, and, and under evidence is where you can find this. There's videos, there's EVPs, so you can find some real, I mean, your website is packed full. It's sort of the mothership of your all's information, and you can find classes. You can contact them about um, an investigation. You can learn more about their past investigations. Um, there's a section about in the news, about some stories that have been ran about them. There's also pictures. There's a lot of, there's just a, a, a assortment of different things. So this next one is a Greenville investigation, and it, uh, uh, Kathy, uh, it appears that they like to say your name, apparently, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if that's because, and, and Rob, is there any reason for that? Because maybe they see her as less, um, I don't know, maybe more more approachable. I'm not, don't take that the wrong way, Rob. I, I don't know. It was strange. I mean, it was, every time we'd ask a question or something would come back, it would say Kathy's name. I don't know if they were trying to get Kathy's attention. Or just wanting to talk to Kathy only, or if there was something that she was wanting, they was wanting her to do, or what had happened. But yeah, I don't know what okay. the purpose was for that. But they called her name out about a hundred times that night. Okay, so this is the Greenville investigation. We had multiple EVPs that we captured our, on our recorders and ghost box. But the EVPs did something I have never heard before. They repeatedly called out the name of one of our group members, which was Kathy. Um, now, what is the difference between an EVP and a, a ghost box? Real quick, before I play this. EVP is a uh, just a digital voice recording mm-hmm. without any white noise background. It's just very silent. And we'll ask one question, pause 15 seconds of silence. A spirit box, ghost box, is white noise. It's a pre-modified AM, FM, handheld radio designed to continuously scan the lower AM frequencies. And the spirits would use that white noise to be able to communicate with us. It's kind of like talking over the phone. We can ask a question and they can communicate back immediately. Gotcha. Okay. So this one that we're about to hear is detected from the EVPs, which is the voice recording without the white noise, correct? Correct. Okay. Here we go. Thank you for saying what you did is taking a day for us. Can you take off the mic again? The guy, you know, the it was a one of them. I don't know if all of them were, but I could hear a man's voice say, you know, Kathy, like that. Yes. And like, there's a bunch of noise around it. What is that other noises that we're hearing? Like, it's almost like hearing a uh, dial-up computer hit the internet or something. That is probably the uh, 
this static white noise from a spirit box. Okay. If okay. it was the spirit box station. Ah, yeah, because I mean, not, you... it's probably background noise from the team back there making all kinds of racket at times. Yeah, but you could clearly hear Kathy, you know, several times. So let's go to the next one. This is again and again. This is this this is a similar um, somebody saying Kathy is still the Greenville investigation. Let's see if I can. Hopefully, this doesn't hurt everybody's ears. What's interesting there is that that was a different person or yeah. the, the voice was different because it sounded like a, like the first one sounded like an older person, like maybe a male in their forties. And that second one sounded like somebody maybe in their late twenties or something like that. Is that yeah. also what you heard? Yeah. We, and we believe there were multiple spirits there at that home. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's pretty incredible. So now I'm going to move down here because this Greenville one has quite a few. Um, and this one was heavy breathing. So it's getting ready to do an EVP session in the bathroom of a home where the family had claims of high activity. Right before we say word, the word, you will hear an EVP whisper, um, words telling us to get out. Then you distinctly hear the unmistakable sound of he heavy breathing. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. Now, before I play that again, I definitely heard it. I have chill bumps right now. Um, but because I can hear Kathy saying, well, I hear breathing. But it wasn't until later, I guess, till you listened to it that you actually heard the get out part, right? Right. Right. Would you have gotten out her instructions? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Now, could I'd that be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that could be an intelligent spirit that... You know, it, it's just like my son says things he doesn't mean. He just doesn't know what to say. I mean, sometimes they're just like, well, just get out because this is uncomfortable for me. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. We're right. inviting the respect. And that's where the prayer and the blessing and being respectful. So I'm going to play that one again. That's pretty amazing. Now, I, I hear two women's voices. Kathy, was that another team member or Rob, were you just? Yes, we, there was a, another female in the room with us. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, it was like, it, it, it was get out. I mean, you can clearly hear that. And then I do hear the heavy breathing. Um, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty cool. Okay, so is there, is there another one? Because I'd like to play one more before we close out because this is really cool. We should have done this earlier in the show. That's fine. Is there any other ones that you, I mean, because I've got several in here. I want to try to hit what you think is one of the better ones. If you can find it, there's one up at the Boone Street that uh, mimics Kathy's voice. We mm -hmm. don't mimic her. It kind of says what she says, but it's very demonic sounding. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the Hampton hauntings, was it? Hey, Rob, was that the Boone Street that said no in a deep voice? 
Yes. I got it. Okay. Is it on their site? No. Oh. Okay. Let me send it to you. Um, I don't think that's going to be possible because it's plugged into this phone. Um, that's something that we can put up on the website. Why don't we do that? We I can will. put it up on the website um, because I remember you telling me about that one. Well, I'm going to play this one that I had read about a little bit and, and maybe, but it's, it's, it's um, counting. Okay. So now I think I have heard everything. This is what it starts with. I now believe that the entities that reside in this home can either not count or were confused about what we were asking them. You will hear a group member ask, and who was asking this? Counting a, uh, who, who was this you asking it, Rob? What was the question that we asked? Counting us six, how many people are in this house? Um, maybe. It might have been me. Okay, well, let's listen. This was this was a little while ago, but you can. we'll just see what we can hear. I'm going to play this one real quick. voices could have been recorded on that box, especially right. numbers, especially numbers. So Kathy or whoever asks, accounting us, how many are in this house? So like you said, uh, you know, we, we already told you that there's six. So either two of the team members aren't humans, maybe that's what it was meaning, or they just can't count. Yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> We get numbers, but not the correct numbers sometimes. But you heard six, and this wasn't in the same house, was it, that you had the Kathy earlier? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it was. Because that, those are the same voices. Those To me, it sounded like the same person. We, we started now asking questions. How many of like us are standing here, and how many of you all are here with us? Mm-hmm try to help them um, understand the question better. Okay. I'm going to play one more. This is from the Hampton haunting where you've, you've at, you're asking what the spirit's name is. And it says, Amy, do you remember this one? Yes. And that's actually the girl that died there. Okay. I'm going to play this one. So towards the, oh, sorry, my mic was too hot. Towards the end, you can, I, I think it's like within three seconds of it ending, you could hear and you'd have to isolate that to get it to where you could really hear it just very, very clearly. But I definitely heard an audible Amy. Yes, and we actually got, uh, of all the four people that was uh, killed in that home during that fire back in the, I think it was the 80s or 90s, early 90s, and we had got every one of their names several times. Wow. Well, I would encourage everyone that is interested to go to PTITN.com and uh, we'll have that on our website, but just to find out more information. And if you have a friend or a family member um, that would be 
um, in need of assistance. I think this is the perfect team to help. Um, I think that having the ability to have someone experience 20 plus years, um, have never, uh, have been doing, they're doing this because they, they truly have a passion for it. And I think that's, that's critical. And they, they take a Christian sort of a stance on, on these things. And I think that's important also. I mean, we can all debate to the end of time on all of these things, but you do have, you know, a spiritual blessing that you say, and you also have on your website, some other prayers that people can use um, that I think is very nice as well. So I would love for them to be, can you guys tell us, um, and we'll also put on the website, but Rob um, or Kathy, can you guys tell us how to get into contact with you guys? Not a ghost box. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they can um, uh, email us. or uh, actually, I think our direct phone numbers are on the website. Also, our phone numbers and uh, email addresses is on the website. Okay. We'll have all that yeah, put out there. We'll have all that information. If you guys uh, just wanted to go to thehousinghour.com, um, just so that everybody knows, um, you can fill out a form on their website, which will allow you to get right to them. Um, and also, you can email them and get you can get that information. I'm on their website, but it's P-T-I-T-N manager at gmail.com. Um, that is the email address. And then you can find out more information about them. So, um, guys, thank you so much for spending the time um, with us today. I know it was an hour. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And um, Mark, definitely in the future, well, let's get them back on the show and talk about those other pieces of the puzzle, like what you, you were looking at. Um, because we have many reports over time that people have been killed in a home and what, what is the, what are the laws about that? I would be curious about what the laws are about those things, because that's to me very, very interesting, um, to know what those laws are. So anyway, um, again, guys, thank you so much. And we appreciate everything that you guys do for us. And we'll definitely have you guys back on really, really soon. All right. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. All right, guys, we'll see you next time right here on the Housing Hour. And thank you, Mark, for putting together the Haunted Housing Hour. The Haunted Housing Hour has been presented by Mortgage Investors Group.